0: You're listening to the Sustainable Jungle Podcast. We share uplifting and positive stories from people all over the world working to change our planet for the better. I'm Lyle and this week we caught up with Aaron Benfelt, the founder of GRON, the social enterprise based in Guatemala City that's turning glass bottles into minimalist homewares and decor. To get the lowdown on this change maker and his story, stay tuned, otherwise, Check out our show notes for the breakdown of a discussion at sustainablejungle.com forward slash podcast.
1: Aaron? Aaron. Aaron? <laughs> okay, you got to roll your R there. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us here at the Grand HQ in Guatemala City. This is your city? Yes. So thank you so much for having us here. One thing before we get stuck into the, into the conversation is that we are in the heart of the city. There is lots of noise around. We have a band practice happening next door. Yes. We've got traffic outside. <laughs> We're also in the Grand Factory, so there's all kinds of sounds. Uh, we're going to do our best to tidy that up in post-production but but just bear with us
0: listeners yeah
1: enjoy the sounds of Guatemala City in the background and you can imagine us sitting here and being immersive in this beautiful (laughs) place so Aaron to kick us off can you tell us a little bit about yourself your background where were you born where did you grow up
2: so I was born and raised in Guatemala City Um, pretty much an average person in Guatemala I had the opportunity to travel a little bit around and then that's how I um, learn English so that I might not have an accent or I'm not sure. but uh, basically pretty average life went to school here.
1: and you studied chemical engineering here in Guatemala City as well.
2: Yes, so I was I also all the time I was very interested in processes and how things are actually manufactured right so when I would go to the store and I would see something I'm like who makes this, you know? How does this mean? And that's kind of what got me interested in chemical engineering. So I started chemical engineering in 2011. Right. And then after that, I stopped for a year to go on a cultural exchange to Norway.
1: Oh, wow. What was that experience like?
2: It was interesting. It was very interesting. I, I lived in, in the Arctic Circle with Sami people. So it's oh, wow. indigenous people from the Arctic. So it was a very different experience. Not just the
0: weather, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it would be total yeah.
1: culture shock for any of us. I'm sure for culture you. Culture shock. Uh,
2: I remember the first day. I was like just walking on the snow, and I was trying to talk to this lady that I met. And I was talking to her in English. I was trying to, you know, throw some Norwegian there. I tried Spanish, and then she spoke Sami. So I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, in the you middle know. of no, you nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is not
0: happening. <laughs> yeah
1: remind us to tell you about the threshold podcast which is um, a okay. a podcast about environmental issues around the world okay. but in the second season they go to the Arctic and they they talk with the Sami people so you might find it interesting so I'll send you the link
2: how, how long were you there for I was there for f- five months
0: over winter or summer what are we talking about here
2: end of winter and a little bit of spring and summer yeah oh, <laughs> how, cool. how
0: is that compared to the weather here
2: i missed it (laughs) i think i have my my dose of cold weather for a while uh usually we have amazing weather in guatemala i can't complain
1: yeah it is so nice it's really nice weather it's
2: so good but uh i don't know it it was very interesting to see the different perspectives both of norwegians and samis you know and then kind of compare it to to whatever i've seen in guatemala as well so being being born and raised here i started to go um on different trips to Mayan villages, to do, to do like interpreting for medical clinics, things like that, and that yeah. really started to show me a different side of Guatemala that i would never seen. So I found myself in villages that, in which people didn't even speak Spanish; they spoke a Mayan language, and I'm like, "Where is this? You know, like, am I in Guatemala?" So I started to be exposed to all of that. Then. Fast forward, going to Norway and you know living with indigenous people, I'm like, why am I here? You know, like how did I end up in here? So coming back to Guatemala, I think it, it's been one of the hardest cultural shocks that I've had because I got very used to the. I wouldn't say coldness of the people, but people are not exactly warm, you know, in the Arctic, right. versus Guatemala that we're like hugging and very like friendly in a way. Stereotypical,
0: isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And. And also, you know, seeing the perspectives between indigenous people in the Arctic and seeing perspective of indigenous people in Guatemala and actually saying they're, they're about the same, you know? So I think I started to see people just as a group rather than being separated by, so, by social classes, which is something that's very common in Guatemala.
1: Oh, right. Oh,
2: yeah. okay. So I, I was like, well, you know, like at the end, we're all the same.
1: Humans are humans.
2: Humans are humans. We're all dreaming. We're all like trying to find ourselves in here and, and yeah,
1: that's awesome. And then you became interested in entrepreneurship. I I saw in your LinkedIn profile that you, you did a number of programs, young leader programs. I think you won an award, a pitch award for the young leaders initiative of the Americas, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: why, why were you attracted to the idea of entrepreneurism as opposed to following say maybe a corporate career in chemical engineering?
2: So before the exchange, I was really focused on just graduating, working probably for an oil factory or making plastics, you know, like, yeah, you know, let's make all this cool stuff. After the exchange and after I came back, I started to have a really um, different perspective on Guatemala. Um, I remember that the first time I came back, I went again, you know, like in my city where I've always lived. And I started to see slums, I started to see poverty, I started to see trash, and I'm like, I, I had never really realized that this, this was an issue before. So coming back from the exchange gave me a different perspective on Guatemala. It gave me also, I think, a big challenge because I wanted to do something, you know. I'm like, I need to do something. Then I started to think of what could I start, you know, that made sense and that was sustainable long-term and starting a company was top on the list.
0: Wow. So that's
2: kind of the, what led me into saying, hey, you know, maybe we can do something for Guatemala through business. Maybe we can use business as a force of change, as a force of good. And that's, that's basically where we started.
1: Had you already been exposed to other social enterprises that had sort of a triple bottom line? approach or was it something that you just realized that it just clicked for you
2: I think it just clicked for me
1: right you were like okay there's an opportunity for here for us yeah. to use business for good Yeah,
2: especially because I saw um, I mean Guatemala has a lot of NGOs and they're doing great job um, on education for kids and different things but then I was saying you know how are we going to fund that you know if I want to do something that's that's good I want to impact somebody how can I make sure that even if I'm not there that impact is going to continue and we're not going to depend on donors, we're not going to depend on this, maybe we depend on sales, you know, maybe we depend on creating a product. And it was just big uh, big times for brainstorming and actually coming up with, with the concept of on as being a sustainable brand and pushing the idea of people, planet, profit as the three main pillars of the company.
1: Right. It's amazing that that travel was what helped you see that, right? Yeah. That. that opening our minds to, to how others do things and what's how others there. live and what's mm. out there um, means that you can bring those ideas back to home yeah. which is pretty
0: cool. So Norway, in terms of the way they live and how they operate as a society and, and coming back here and using that as, as a motivation, could you give us a, an example of, of the difference?
2: Yeah. I think that the whole idea of the program and the program was sponsored by the by Freds Corpset which is basically Norwegian Peace Corps, and the whole idea of the organization is making people from different parts of the world m- meet, and that kind of creates, you know, like friendliness. It connects the world more, and then suddenly the world is not that big anymore. You know, like oh, you know, Norway or Tanzania or anything. So the program actually made people from tanzania norway and guatemala meet and talk and share ideas but Just uh, those
1: three countries those
2: three countries so there, that was like one specific program they have okay i was <laughs> <on>.
1: like that? <laughs> that's random
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was you know like connecting north and south seeing what the challenges are for each country and what was interesting you know that if you go to norway you're like oh this country's perfect you know but this, this organization was really trying to show us the other side, you know, like uh, drug addiction, um, suicide, like big topics that are usually not discussed in society and that they are a big issue. Right.
1: Yeah. So even
2: if there is economic development, there's like social security, it's not perfect. You know, there's one side that's kind of not working. But I think biggest differences that I saw was the perspective on, on the government. Like most people in Norway like, love the government, everything that the government I mean, says... Let me, let me just say that that <laughs> is that's, a rich. That's unique occurrence. for the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, everything that the government says is like, oh, it's kind of like a law, you know, like, it's not a law, but everybody respects it. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm like, how do you feel about paying taxes? And they're like, I love paying taxes. And I'm like, I love paying taxes. <laughs> wow, well, that, that's kind of different where I am from, you know, yeah. <laughs> we, like, we don't, we don't really, yeah do that well with their government you know yeah, but yeah. uh yeah. i think big differences on those perspectives um i don't know they, they kind of push you to start thinking differently and i was really impacted on the way they were like managing their waste so waste management you walk into every home you walk into every school and people have five bins they're like super excited about recycling like they wash their um, packaging of their products they separated and I was like I never seen this before you know like like What's going on? And then I started to go a bit deeper into the the waste management idea and I think that's kind of when sustainability clicked you know because you're like Okay, we, we're like I'm buying this product and then I'm throwing away part of it you know that I paid for it. and then I'm throwing part of it away so Coming back to Guatemala was like, what's the thing that makes less sense to throw away? Glass. You know, like we usually are surrounded by glass, we use cups to drink out of it, and then we're throwing away entire bottles. So I think that that perspective of changing on seeing things as kind of trash or waste Mm -hmm. and then starting to see them as materials is part of what clicked on the planet side.
1: That's awesome.
0: yes. I think that's a really good segue to go into Gron and find out about Gron. And can you take us to the beginning? How
2: did it start and, yeah, basically the background? So, Gron means green in Norwegian. Gron, cool figure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not pronounced that way. We tropicalized it. A bit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Norwegians, but. <laughs> 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 kind of, yeah. Kind of took the, the uh there. But, um,. We actually started back in 2014 in December. So coming back, as I mentioned, I started to see waste as a big issue in Guatemala that was not being addressed. Um, I went to the landfill. I started to see things that I've never seen. And as a consumer, that really started to impact me because I'm like, which material am I choosing? You know, maybe I'm choosing plastic, which is just discardable, you know, it's disposable. Maybe I can choose glass. Seeing the landfill, and hopefully, we can get that footage, was really like a life changing experience. I'm like, wow, you know, like this is a big issue that nobody's seeing. So, we, we started to figure out what material was the best to use. Um, I started to yeah, Google lots of things, and <laughs> that's how I found, found uh, the concept of upcycling. So usually, what happens with everything is that it gets recycled, it gets repurposed into the same thing, or sometimes with plastics they get downcycled, which means that um, it it loses. You take the material, transform it into something of lesser value.
0: I see. So okay. usually,
2: you buy something plastic, and it's gonna go uh, get recycled a couple of times, and then it loses its properties and starts to deeply fall into. something that's going to become trash and then the concept of upcycling saying hey you know we have this materials how can we use them to create something of bigger value and for me that made sense of saying that value has to be both environmental you know and social you know it has to have a social component to it so we started to um, make the yeah like glasses and try to cut bottles and go crazy with it on my garage (laughs) And we found our first client, we did the first glasses, and fast forward now, here we are, you know, like three years after trying to push um, sustainability into people's um, attention in a way.
1: So you collect old bottles that have been discarded and you turn them into glasses?
2: Glasses, other products. Um, When we started to to see the, the whole idea and started to divide kind of the the concept into three main categories. Um, we work in the triple bottom line, which is basically people, planet, profit. On the planet side, we created Guatemala's first glass recycling platform for restaurants. So we work with about 25 restaurants. We go collect all of the glass that they were discarding mm-hmm. and then make sure that glass gets either repurposed into something, so a product, or it gets recycled awesome. and turn into bottles again. And doesn't find the way to the landfill
0: you know so the genesis was let's take this trash which trash should we use glass that's great what can we make out of it yeah. products and we're gonna get into the products in a sec <laughs> but I'm just gonna quickly circle back and you mentioned that Gron has three pillars one of which is mm. people and it's about the community I wonder if you could expand on that a little bit and explain what it is or what positive benefit or impact you're having on the community around, yeah.
2: So when, when we went to the landfill and realized that we were upcycling a material, um, we thought about also kind of upcycling lives. So giving people a second shot, giving people a second opportunity of uh, doing something, we started to realize that there was a lot of communities that lived around the landfill and actually scavenged trash to find materials that they could sell. And we started to you know, approach different NGOs that work there and say, you know, we want to have, I mean, we want to help the community. Who should we help? And that's when we realized that women, especially mothers, were the ones that were in most need. So most people that live in these communities um, are often discriminated on the base that they live there because there's a lot of gang activities going on, there's um, drug trafficking, there's a lot of illegal things going on in these areas you know and um we partner up with an ngo and the ngo was like okay we're gonna find you the people you know that's kind of we how we found uh, women that were struggling to provide education and also provide food for their kids you know wow. um, they were often struggling by themselves so they had like spouse or somebody that abandoned them, then they were left with two kids, then they try to get a job, but they're, I mean, most of them barely finish high school, so they're in a very tough position socially. So our whole idea with Grun is like, empowering those women through job opportunities so their kids can have a better shot at society and they can um, leave that cycle of poverty and find bigger and better opportunities in society than what their parents had.
0: That's awesome. Mm, that's so really that's
2: cool. like the, the whole perspective on it. So we mostly work with with women.
0: I want to give the listeners a little bit more context around the gangs here. Joy and I in that little video in mm-hmm. HA Plus uh, that we watched, it mentioned that gangs recruit kids sometimes as young as six years old oh. to sell drugs. I can't sell, believe that. Sell mm-hmm. drugs, that's amazing. Which
1: is, in the worst way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gangs are, are a big issue in Guatemala. So you mix. Most of this was formed after um, we, had, we had a period of 30 years of civil war that ended in 96. Uh, we signed peace. And what happened is that a lot of people that were involved in that um, internal conflict were left with no real opportunities to go and actually find something. So a lot of people during that time they fled to the city and started to, you know, say, hey, it's not safe outside, I wanna go and just live in the city. I wanna find a piece of land where I can stay and that's actually how a lot of the slums that we have in Guatemala started to form themselves. Um, fast forward, that's usually an area that nobody is gonna go to, you know, because it's It's not the nicest area. Uh, Gangs started to find their way there. They started to, yeah, I mean, do a lot of different things, try to bribe people, distribute illegal drugs, distribute a lot of different things. And um, there's not a lot of control in these areas. So yeah, they just started grow, you know, as a cancer in society. Gangs are not, I mean, the amount of people involved in gangs, if you compare it to the population, it's like nothing, you know. But they, yeah, like they found a niche in which they can continue to recruit people, you know. And if you're a hungry person in Islam, and maybe you've tried to get a job and nobody wants to hire you, and somebody's saying, hey, we've got food, shelter, what do you need? You're probably going to go. Right into that direction so it's kind of like a family in a way they take care of themselves they yeah a kind of dysfunctional family in a way you know (laughs) but yeah but it's it's kind of what people usually find there that they're not finding anywhere else right
1: there's no alternative there's no
2: alternative also I mean in in all these communities it's very hard um, for education to reach there so in in my perspective these are areas that are kind of um what is the right word they've been kind of separated from society so they're developing in a different way than usual societies developing wow Mm -hmm. so there's no sexual education there's a lot of things so you find women that have five kids right and then they can barely take care of themselves you know gee so it's a very tough position uh in this community and a lot of ngos are doing great job at addressing all of these issues but um going back to the idea of how can we can we do that through a business is okay maybe let's show them that's a different way you know Mm. maybe let's train them let's show them that there is um that you can be productive and you can love what you do and you can make great things and get out of where you are that's so cool
1: isn't it i mean it's like An NGO serves a really amazing purpose but at the end of the day it's it's not creating a future right Mm -hmm. whereas uh, a social enterprise like like grond
2: i've never been able to roll my r's like we (laughs) had to learn
1: how to roll r's in south africa when we learned afrikaans (laughs) never been able to do it anyway so uh, using a social enterprise model you're Mm -hmm. actually creating a future and a you know a source of their own self-worth i imagine right yeah
2: Yeah, Yeah, and it's an idea of of also preparing people for what's next, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of our employees have changed throughout that year because they come here out of pure necessity. And then when you cover that basic necessity, which is, okay, I need to put food on my table, I need to pay for my kid's school then you have the opportunity to start wondering about more things so you're like mm,
0: your basic needs are so yeah
2: yeah so you're like okay so my i want my kids to go to college i want my kid to be a doctor you know you kind of enable people to start dreaming and see a different route that they probably haven't seen before because they were struggling on that specific topic yeah so that's a, a big change in their lives and
0: and empowering. I mean, you are yeah. giving them the tools to make a better life, and you're right step above that first ladder of Maslow's hierarchy. I think they call it. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, that's hugely impactful and fantastic yeah, work. Cool. Actually, talking about the positive side, let's move mm-hmm. on to the positive <laughs> side. <laughs> Can you share some, a couple of examples or one example of some positive impact that's happened here at Gron with some of the employees? Where do we start? Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we are, we're still a startup. We, we have four women employed and it's uh, it's tough. you know, four people sounds like nothing, but it's, uh, it's a lot.
1: It's a lot. Yeah.
2: Startup. Like it's, four people.
1: It's yeah. four people, you know. Yeah. Um, There's a full, you know, if they each have two kids and that's eight people, right? Yeah. Well, so it's we 12 ha- people. <laughs> we have
2: an indirect impact of about 18 people in the community. Wow. Uh, 28, actually. Indirect people of 28. That's brilliant. We do um, some kind of temporary works, so we have four permanent people working, but we also have some other people from the community coming. I think personally for me, understanding the social impact that this has and what it's enabling in our women, um, Reina, which is uh, in charge of customizing glassware, she puts like our logo, puts Clients' logos and everything on the glass. Um, she was actually being interviewed for a magazine. I came here about to talk about women empowerment, awesome. and they asked her like, "What was her dream? You know, like, what was she dreaming about?" And she said like, "I am dreaming of the day my kid starts something like Grön." Oh! Wow. wow! So for me, that was like, "Whoa!" You know, like That's she's amazing. thinking about her yeah her kid being an entrepreneur and doing a social business so I'm like yeah I think we're on the right path yeah you know? I think we're on the right path that's,
0: that's brilliant that's so, so cool
2: so it, it's cool to see how from this negative area that you're living in you're kind of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and that's just spreading to your whole family you're having better opportunities you're having more access to um, information, you're learning how to use a computer, you're doing all these things that maybe a lot of people in your community do not have the opportunity to do. So it's uh, it's interesting, you know, it's interesting to see how the lives are being impacted and not just in an economical side of it, but what they're being exposed to as an idea of right. sustainability right. and, um, the you know, not only environmental sustainability, but also financial sustainability impact as as it is um, yeah so it, it, it's a and very...
0: mental
1: wellness and all yeah. of that the yeah. ripple
0: effect is huge yeah yeah
2: and, and you are
0: planning on expanding so i read somewhere that you're planning yeah. on 30 employees yeah. in the very near future
2: wow cool yeah we we have a lot of a lot of work to do but i think this year for us it's um it's a big game changer we do want to expand um and we want to expand our our business unit. We dream a lot of having, grown, you know, not just recovering I don't know, hundred and thirty thousand bottles in the whole time that it's operating, but recovering that amount in a month. You know,
0: hundred and thirty thousand. That's
2: how much we recovered. In <laughs> so far. No, so far. so far. So far. So far. So what I'm saying is that's
0: a lot. That is of. a
2: huge <laughs> amount. That's a and that's with how many employees? four
0: Four employees that is incredible
2: so it's a lot it's a lot of bottles but
0: you want to do that in a month
2: I mean that that's what we aim for you know so a lot of a lot of the structure that we're figuring out is how do we build that how do we make this work in a big scale right so we're finishing up on a lot of different topics you know production wise um, finding the right market finding the right opportunity trying to expand trying to do million things but it's very exciting to see the point that we're at because we're not that small anymore but we're really not that big yeah <laughs> so we're like yeah kind of in in the middle but it's, it's very exciting to see how in three years that we've been you know exposing the product in Guatemala and seeing that people were not really thinking about recycling there's a big movement that's starting about saying hey you know we wow. need to be more conscious about what we're throwing away, we need to start recycling, we need to start using less plastic. So there's a lot of awareness that's starting to, to grow. So it's that's helping to create exciting. that
1: conversation around yeah. recycling. And yeah, yeah,
2: it's, it's super, super interesting, super mm-hmm. interesting to see. So we, we see ourselves as kind of pioneers in Guatemala on, on the environmental topic and trying to push it into people's um, top-of-the-line priorities, you know.
0: And that's the key, isn't it? So they're aware of it and yeah. then we can address it and all we'll change behavior. Especially
1: if you can find a way to translate the opportunity and to, to show that there's yeah. value in this somehow. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Like, like exactly what you guys do. doing. Yeah.
2: And that, that's exactly the whole idea, you know. It's, if, if you see it from one side, you would say like, oh yeah, this company sells glassware, but we, we really try to sell the concept of sustainability. You know, we're saying, hey, this is where we're starting. You know? mm. This is the first problem that we saw, but we dream of creating, you know, um, helping create environmental regulations, helping start um, an environmental agenda in Guatemala, of saying, hey, you know, all of this is going on, what are we going to do about it, you know? Yeah. And that goes directly in line with the concept of sustainability, saying, 40 years from now, what are our kids going to be doing, you know? Are they going to have water? Are they going to have resources? So it's very exciting to see the brand develop one product, but start. Pushing a big concept in society.
0: I want to scale down again. Let's talk about the products. What
2: okay. are you guys exactly
0: <laughs> creating here? Yeah. Could you give us a little lineup or a product range? So,
2: so I think our our main products is uh, glassware. So we do a lot of glassware. We take the bottle, wash it, clean it, cut it, polish it, and I think you'll you'll see a little bit of the process later, and uh, make it make it feel new again in a way. So we create glasses, um, customized glassware so that we have a lot of corporate clients that are looking to have a more sustainable way of doing business or a more sustainable office space. We do like customized logos on the glassware. We do planters, wool planters, candles.
1: We found a candle on our on our oh, yeah, yeah. table at <laughs> breakfast yeah, yeah, and yeah, we were like, yeah. We think this is the ground candle.
2: <laughs> and it was. And it was yeah. 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 candles and we have a a tiny project of of water bottles
1: oh of, cool um,
2: plastic free water bottles and some other ideas that's uh, cool wow yeah, yeah. so we, awesome. we do mostly like dinerware and a little bit of home decor
0: and where are they available can i buy this in australia
2: yet <laughs> yes you, you, you actually can <laughs> Really? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. we, we launched our store uh, just a couple of months ago through a local partner called woods market woods market is um, an e-commerce platform for socially responsible goods that are manufactured in Guatemala. And yeah, there's a bunch of different cool products in there.
1: So they'll sell things from other entrepreneurs as well.
2: Other entrepreneurs as well. And in Oods Market, the whole idea is grouping all the people that are creating social or environmental impact in a way. Right. And connecting us, you know, in Guatemala directly to a world. That's
1: cool. Yeah, you were giving cool us the example market. of a, a local who makes beautiful boots in yeah. Antigua, right? In
2: Antigua. There's Domoto in in La Limona, which is another slum. So there's a bunch of different products that are very That's interesting cool. to see. Them.
1: And then, do they manage the distribution side of it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So boots, basically started with the concept of e-commerce a couple of years ago, and nobody was really talking about it. And they first created the platform and then quickly realized that there was no logistics.
0: Mm. Shipping is a a big issue in
2: Guatemala. So then they started with Box, which is the fulfillment unit of the the e-commerce platform. Cool. So then, I mean, they serve the platform, but they also serve tons of different people that are sending Wow. Really cool products from Guatemala.
1: That's awesome! Yeah. Exciting.
2: And and I think for us in Gron, that's that's a big idea, you know, like having something manufactured in Guatemala that's made with bottles that maybe came from Chile, Argentina, maybe Italy, and then kind of reprocessing them and sending them back not as trash, but as an, as an actual product, you know, yeah. something that's
0: upcycled. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting. It's an interesting point. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's really yeah. cool. So you mentioned it was how many 130,000 bottles. bottles. How many tons does that equate to? Oof,
2: that's a really quick mash. <laughs> You're the engineer, mate. I, I need to I need to find my spreadsheet right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, last time I checked, because we usually count bottles in for the process, but count tons for recycling.
1: Right. Okay. So
2: we've recycled. I think about I can I can go back to check that, but about fifteen tons of glass. Wow,
1: that's a lot.
2: It's a lot, but when you see even Guatemala, it's such a small country. There's about three thousand tons of waste being dumped in the landfill every day. Wow, and about one hundred twenty tons of that is glass. Yeah, so even scaling
1: is gonna help. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's enough bottles out there.
1: Yeah, (laughs) supply of inputs are not gonna be the problem.
2: Yeah it's not a problem and right now we're we're doing a different like kind of shifting the way we were doing um the bottle pickup and everything and we're planning on launching um like a glass recycling certification for restaurants hotels and everything in antigua
1: right cool and
2: trying to actually add value to their businesses yeah, for doing something. That's a
1: genius yeah, idea. Going
2: like an extra mile,
1: you know. I love that idea. And so you, you actually need to do the bottle collection. So that's a piece of the value chain that's yes. quite a big job, I'd imagine. Yes. And then you've got to do the processing, which happens here. Yep. And then you've got to sell them mm. to businesses, which is probably also quite a big job reaching out and make, doing the sales job.
2: Yeah. How many are there of
1: you doing this
2: stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you uh, get any sleep? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a great ride. We I don't know the, the cool thing about entrepreneurship is that I mean I, I went and studied chemical engineering and never studied any like financing, marketing, anything, <laughs> and then you kind of get stuck with this idea and you want it to work, so you just do whatever you need to do so that happens, right? But um, right now we have a team of of uh, three other people so we have one assistant i usually manage different sales administration and i'm trying not to go crazy with it but that's a, also why we're like expanding this year so having actual salesmen yeah. uh, pushing the product a lot more right now we distribute to about 25 different places uh, in the city we work with guatemala's biggest home decor store Semaco. Oh, cool um, they really like the, the product the, the idea as well and they gave us a, a really nice space in their stores we're in four of their 17 stores in guatemala um, we work with other smaller like um, like boutique stores and then also work with restaurants hotels corporations and in like direct sales that we get yeah and now right. export so yeah i don't i don't know it's just pushing the product <laughs> to many different places, but we're very excited about um, the e-commerce option coming up, you know, because yeah. I think... You're opening it up to
0: the world. I can
2: just
1: see the products working really well, you know, like we've traveled around quite a bit and we've been to lots yeah. of like really nice coffee shops and cafes and i can just see these things sitting behind me (laughs) and the glasses that we've seen that we just drank from when we first met you just i can just visualize them sitting there you know like they're beautiful they've they're like got such a nice aesthetic they're simple Mm. um they're like minimalist almost right like they've got like a really beautiful look to them did you design them or how did that work (laughs)
2: I think we, we wanted a minimalistic look. Oh,
1: that was intentional? That was yeah.
2: intentional. You and can tell, it's beautiful. Also, like, the, the feel and look of the brand, I think maybe that I can attribute to Norway, you know, that, like, that kind of cleanness. So clean. Very, like, lean design that we, yeah, we fell in love with that and we wanted to reflect it in the brand. And, um... Yeah, I mean, there's big things coming up for us. And, and as, as I mentioned, that's like a scaling process. So our whole idea and finally what we want to do in Guatemala is, you know, create social and environmental impact through our business operation and through an item that's consumed massively, you know, in Guatemala. Yeah. That right now it's coming from China. It's it's really not not creating any impact here. Yeah. So it's it's a product that's helping, you know, Uh, create a recycling platform it's empowering women it's i i love the product but uh yeah most of our daily lives run mostly towards running the businesses and trying to figure things out but uh, product wise we we really like it and we have some exciting things coming up for for the e-commerce platform that i'll i'll show you in a bit
1: so, oh cool yeah, awesome. Great. yeah we'll,
0: we'll get to that definitely
1: <laughs> i just want to pause and say i love that we have a soundtrack such a enthusiastic soundtrack to this
2: audio <laughs> just so you know um in september we have our national day so it's like our independence day okay so it's september 15th
1: September fifteenth.
2: Fifteenth, but these guys are already starting to are they, practice. Are they
1: practicing for September fifteenth? They're practicing
2: for September fifteenth because this is like a huge deal in in the city.
1: So it's April now, and they're practicing for September. <laughs> yeah. And this they was, are going to be amazing by September. They're going to be
2: amazing by September. They're already wow. pretty good, like these maybe. guys. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to get the full track for the next six months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we realized in the first year. Now it's just like background noise. I'm like we're we're in zone seven in this year like anything can happen here yeah it's kind of it's <laughs> yeah. kinda nice it's
1: kind of like a, it feels very upbeat yeah. and alive this yeah place.
2: sometimes they do like pop covers so you can actually Ah, i know this Sorry, oh, yeah, does, that's, that. <laughs> that's kind of fun yeah
1: that is cool i want to zoom out a little bit from guatemala and sort of look at the world and mm. in general and ask you Because you're obviously somebody who's traveled a little bit. You've been Mm -hmm. exposed to quite a few things. You're clearly an optimist in a good way. And you're also a problem solver, right? What are the problems out there that you're most worried about? Like, what keeps you up at night?
2: I think the problem that I'm mostly worried about is single-use plastic. Right. That's what I would say. Yeah.
1: I'd say that's in my top five as well.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, the way I see sustainability is we... We were in a phase before the Industrial Revolution when we found ways to do things quicker faster. Uh, the first machine that was built was for making uh, clothes faster. You know? So we said, like, oh, how can we solve these problems? You know? So we started to consume all these resources in a very you know, fast way. And now we're just starting to realize, like, oh, you know, like, this really has an environmental and a social impact that we had not foreseen. So I think, um, I, I feel that that awareness and how is that going into the mainstream media and how important that is for the future of the of the world is something that it's not addressed that much in everyday lives, you know, because we're mostly worried with banal things, like yeah. <laughs> you know, things that, that are not so important. So I would say yeah i mean this carnival plastic and how we started to to use synthetic things and just became a necessity and how we continue consuming at a really fast pace and thinking the way that those natural resources are the same before and after
1: yeah do you think there's being there's a shift now? I mean, in, in our generation, it feels to me, but I don't know. Like Lala and I always talk about this. We don't know if it's because we're like looking for it, you know?
0: We're in the zone. Yeah. But whether in fact there is a critical mass or a grand scale, we yeah, we
1: there's don't know. a shift happening. Yeah,
2: I think there's more awareness, and globalisation is making us connect more. Mm. I do feel like the pitch of how we address this issue has to change. Yeah. You know, right. there's, uh, for example, plastics. Plast- plastics are breaking up into little tiny pieces that are going into our food chain. They're being part of the water that we drink. I mean, they're they're there, you know. And uh, right now we're mostly worried about how that is impacting marine life, but we're not realizing that maybe we're even drinking it right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. We are. We are, in
2: a way. So, yeah, I, I think people are starting to realize um, the impact that everything has. Mm-hmm. But I do think we need to shift and realize as consumers that we have the power to shape the market. You know, If right. we go to companies and say, hey, I want you a know, different type of bag. I'm not going to buy your product because it's not recycled, or it, it has. At least part of it is recycled. Then I think that's what is really going to push um, the green, the green revolution or yeah. something, yeah. So I, I think it's it's happening. I'm just doubting on how fast it's gonna be. Yeah. But uh, the impact that we're having, I think it's just gonna kind of blow in our face and we're gonna have to, to go from there, it, yeah. yeah. I guess the
0: worry is whether we can stop that train in time before too much damage has been done.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I, I think it's, it's part of that, of that perspective of understanding that as a business, you have social and environmental impact and trying to minimize that, you know, like making the minimum impact yeah. of what you can. So we still need to grow our economies. There's going to be more and more people um, in the world, and we just have to figure out ways that we can yeah, provide everything that people need to develop themselves and at the same time be conscious that all the resources that we have are limited, mm-hmm. you know? Because the way I see it, we, we often don't, don't see them like that.
1: Yeah, totally. So we talked about consumers and their role in driving change and that they need to be asking for these products. Mm-hmm. What about the private sector of business? Mm-hmm. What, what is the role of business in providing those alternatives so that consumers can buy them instead of, you know, the potentially more destructive
2: products? I think, I think it's part of your responsibility as a company to understand the full impact that you're creating but that's going to be regulated by many different things you know laws um i don't know what else but yeah (laughs) but but i'll talk and and scale maybe that to back to to guatemala to my my context so a, a lot of the environmental things are not really on top of people's minds but as i mentioned there's like this group of people that are starting to say, hey, you know, disposable plastics, what's going on? Maybe I want to be, I don't know, live a cleaner lifestyle. I don't want to create so much waste. So I think the way um, companies should start to think is like, how are we going to distribute and do everything in 10 years? You know, how are we going to be sustainable long term? And I think international corporations, a lot of them have started to see that in a big scale. But in my way, I think we need to think globally of these issues, but act locally. Yeah. So, in a sense, what we want to do with Grone is, you know, start recycling more materials, and start you know pushing this idea further, and um, yeah, I think that the big role in in this in this times is how can we be profitable and how can we make money without taking advantage of a certain community or harming the environment. Uh, in a way that's not really even needed, you know. Yeah, the so the ground revolution. The grand revolution. The grand, revolution. <laughs> the grand seal of approval. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll see what happens in ten years in Guatemala, you know.
1: Oh, I'm excited yeah. for Guatemala. <laughs> it's an exciting I time.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's an exciting time. I'm optimistic. I think. Yeah, you have to be an optimist. Yeah, I think you, you think absolutely
0: you have, to have to be. An and it's so. And we come back to this again and again. And really, the reason for sharing stories like yours, Aaron, is spreading news of pollution and disaster. I mean, facts are necessary, but really looking to hopeful stories like yours, we think drives the most change.
2: Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Are there any other
1: stories that you've been exposed to in Guatemala that you're excited about, that you're like, wow, those guys are doing amazing things. This is awesome.
2: Ecofiltro. Ecofiltro, Ecofiltro. Ecofiltro is an amazing product, the way uh, it's been developing. I think it's it's very interesting. Uh, th- I'll talk a little bit about what I love about it. First, being able to filter water without electricity, uh, being able to, yeah, use the same thing in a suburban home in Guatemala City or in the middle of the jungle or in a village, you know, and being having access to purified water. So I would say, yeah, definitely Ecofiltro. It's a wood that you're meeting who's doing amazing uh, sustainable um, home decor products of, of wood. The wood Market uh, platform, which is turning into something bigger and trying to help drive that economic development for Guatemala through e-commerce. So, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different things going on in, in the ecosystem in Guatemala. And, and even though we're a small country, we're starting to group together and say, hey, how can we say what we want to do or how can we contribute to developing the country in our own way you know
0: so i realize we're getting close to an hour but before we close i want to just circle back to something that you mentioned which is an exciting thing that's happening in 2018 on the e-commerce platform for gron okay (laughs) share that with us
2: (laughs) so we're we're planning on launching um hopefully launching a crowdfunding campaign this year oh cool towards expanding the business unit and oh, wow. doing some new products um, we're developing um something that can be used like as like a coffee mug or a coffee cup cool in a way we have a lot of different products that uh, we're thinking about but we first need to to start selling online you know and and really start growing the impact of what we're doing here so we can start going outside.
0: Watch the space. Hopefully, yeah,
2: hopefully we, we get the crowdfunding going up and running by December this year.
1: Yeah. Well, do let us know when it's up and we'll make sure, sure to put it out there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll share the yeah. love, absolutely.
2: I'm excited and, and the cool thing, I think, about the, the everything that's happening in Guatemala is that there's a lot of social needs and we're finding innovation and putting, like, grouping that into social responsible business models in a way so i think that's that's good yeah it's pretty it's pretty good i'm, I'm glad that that we're that we are at the times that we're at right now you know, yeah. there's big challenges but also big opportunities for social business in guatemala
0: we could absolutely not finish this interview without asking you what advice or messages you have for anybody out there who wants to make their own social change in their own organization or their own NGO, any words of advice?
2: I think starting by by yourselves. It's like a, more about like introspection and actually analyzing ourselves first, and how are we like living our lives, like you know, before I actually wanted to change something in the world, have to change yourself.
1: I think Michael Jackson wrote a song about that. Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do we? I mean that's great advice, right? Because that is obviously great
1: I'll send you the song. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if Michael Jackson said it, I mean it's got to be Yeah, it's got to be true.
1: Yeah. I thought I was maybe I was,
2: was... was going to quote Gandhi at the end. But <laughs> Michael Jackson. Works. Wicks, yeah. <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll go for MJ. So I, I think like be, being the change you want to see in the world. We're often like bombed with all of this negative things going on but actually saying hey what what type of impact can I create you know maybe there's um, really small things that you can do in your life to start having uh, less of an impact and I would say things sustainability you know think how you can really develop a business or a social venture that can go back and give, give back to communities um, create you know Positive environmental impact, um, create job—not job opportunities, but how can you develop people further? You know, how can you expose them to what's going on? I think people planet profit. You know, thinking in a way that fulfills that triple bottom line, and it's not only about money.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that I've taken out most from this conversation is the—is this idea of exposure, which is what you just said, which is you know. Y- y- without going to Norway and seeing how things are done there, you wouldn't have had this idea. Mm. And without exposing these wonderful women that work in this factory to a different world, mm. they wouldn't be considering, oh, my kid could become...
2: Or a social entrepreneur, yeah. yeah.
1: And everybody can do that in their own little way, right? Mm. Everybody has the opportunity to expose somebody else or a different group of people to a, a different world, yeah. even if it's just at the smallest scale, right? Because yeah. that, can, that can really help. And that's a piece of advice we haven't heard yet. And I think that's a really important one that I hadn't really thought about. So I think that's really cool.
2: I think we, we often forget to be grateful for the opportunities that we've had, you know, because we see them as normal. Mm-hmm. But so you, you go grand. back, yeah, to the context is like, how can I replicate this? You know, how can I.
1: Totally. Yeah, we do take things for granted, don't we? Yeah.
0: So where can people find you? And Gron, yourself, how can they get Let's in market. touch?
2: Let's market. Let's <laughs> market. <laughs> uh, ground.gt, uh, LinkedIn probably send you some links and yeah i'm, I'm happy to have chats with with whatever is going on i think it's an interesting time that we're living you know that we're so connected and we we can even skype
1: yeah
0: i know it's crazy right? on
2: the other side of the world yeah but uh definitely follow us on instagram as ground.gt um, facebook or website and oots market as well
0: great definitely. we'll pop those in the show notes Thank you so much, Aaron. We've had such an enlightening, fascinating conversation and it's just so cool to be here on occasion in Guatemala City. Thank you for your time. And for everybody listening, we're gonna go on a tour now and see how this whole thing works. Really exciting. So cool. Yeah, thank you so much, Aaron. What a great convo with Aaron. We also had the best time in situ seeing the results for ourselves. And man, oh man, is he creating something positive, socially and environmentally. But don't just take our word for it. If you want to learn more about Gron and the work Aaron's doing, click on the links in our show notes. And as always, any cues, comments or suggestions, send us an email at hello at sustainablejungle.com.